0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
1: .com with Scott Petrack every day. His name is Scott Petrack,
2: obviously. Hi, Scott. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Good. How was your trip? Uh, it was good. It was nice and Indy. It was probably the warmest combine ever, I think. What'd you eat? Oh, yeah. Big question. <laughs> What'd I eat? What'd you eat? Um, I had a lot of stuff. Um, geez, I know I had grouper piccata the last night. I had a uh, chopped salad one night. A couple of shrimp cocktail. I'm sure I'm missing something, but that's those are the highlights.
1: All right. Well, that's good. Because when I think of Indianapolis, I think of seafood, like straight off the, like right off the boat, right on your plate. <laughs> Scott, what was your biggest takeaway from Indianapolis, my friend?
2: Um, it's a good question. I had one for Andrew Barry and one for Kevin Stefanski. the, the Andrew Barry one, not that it was a surprise, but him talking about the sense of urgency this year. And, you know, I asked him about it and, you know, he said there's a sense of urgency every year, but I really did get the feeling that there is this season, right? Coming off two missed playoffs, um, two seasons, missing the playoffs, given the fact that he spent all that money on Deshaun Watson, right? It's Win now, and I think Andrew Barry and the rest of the organization appreciate that. And then Kevin Stefanski, you know, his staff, he made so many significant changes. The change at defensive coordinator, the change at special teams coordinator, and then down the line, too, that it was a change for him because he hadn't done that in his first three years. It was all stability So just him dealing with that in the decisions to make uh, the big moves.
1: All right. So let me ask you this. When you say that there's a sense of urgency to win now, how does that affect their philosophy on maybe perhaps making a trade in the draft or trying to go after free agents?
2: Yeah, I mean, that's where we have to let it play out. And Andrew Barry continues to talk about the flexibility that he has, right? He won't be tied into drafting guys 22 or younger. He won't be tied into only trading down and not trading up. But there are philosophies in the organization and that is drafting guys young, especially early. It's trading down as opposed to trading up. And I, I think it's going to be fascinating to see if they bend on a couple of those things this year. Now, I don't expect them to trade up um, from 42, but I, I wouldn't rule it out if the right player is there at say 34, or 35, right? Maybe they make that move. Um, do you trade that draft pick? Like you mentioned for a proven veteran. I, I think that's, Not really their style, but I think they'd be willing to do that given the circumstances and how they need to win now and how they don't have a first round draft pick this year or next year. You have to get creative, Um, you know, moving the salary cap issues down the road by creating space and turning, you know, Deshaun Watson's salary into bonuses. I think those all speak to a sense of win now. To you, Scott.
0: What is the most important part of this team that needs to be addressed in either free agency or the draft before the start of the twenty twenty three season?
2: Yeah, to to me it's defensive tackle. And if you wanted to go a little broader, you could just go defensive line. They need two defensive tackles. You know, you could probably argue they need three, but I think they could settle for two and then you join, you know, Jordan Elliott and Perrion Winfrey and Tommy Toyah and figure it out. Um, they also need an end opposite Miles Garrett. David Clowney's not coming back, and Alex Wright's not ready, and Isaiah Thomas isn't ready. You need a big time pass rusher opposite Miles Garrett. So I would go one, two there. Um, you know, and then after that, it's receiver and safety.
1: Scott, I know you wrote about it a little bit, but how does adding Jim Schwartz, putting him in the mix, how does that change Andrew Barry's uh, approach to bringing in defensive
2: guys? Yeah, I, I think it's interesting. First of all, the easy one is to say there needs to be a greater priority given to the defensive line because we've seen Jim Schwartz's teams in the past, his defenses in the past, and they usually have studs across the D-line, and that's D-tackle and D-end. That's kind of been a constant with Jim Schwartz. Well, the Browns have never, in, you know, in the last three years under Andrew Barry, really invested heavily at D-tackle. Now, they haven't ignored it. You know, They spent some third-round picks. They signed some free agents like Malik Jackson. Um, you know, Andrew Barry inherited Sheldon Richardson, who's making good money. But there hasn't been a significant long-term um, commitment of resources to detackle. tackle So you'd assume that would change, um, and I think it will. And Andrew Barry wanted to point out, hey, it's, defense line's always been a priority, but I think it becomes a greater priority. But on top of that is I think Schwartz in the scheme that he runs and the style, you know, the attacking, aggressive style he wants, Creates some flexibility on how the Browns can address D tackle and D end, maybe even linebacker and safety if you keep going, you know, down the down the depth chart. Because, you know, you stand at that combine, and I don't want to ignore the draft prospects that we saw at the combine, but you look at a guy like Nolan Smith from Georgia, and he weighs less than two hundred and forty pounds, and you think, well, can this guy be the end opposite Miles Garrett? And I think some coordinators would say no. He's not big enough. He's more of a three, four outside linebacker. And I think Schwartz has the flexibility of thinking to say, yeah, I can make it work with this guy. And the same holds true at D-Tackle. If you look at, and I don't want to butcher his name, but Tommy's the nickname, the guy from Northwestern. He's about 280 pounds. That's light for D-Tackle, but he's explosive. He can penetrate. He spent time at the end. The same with Tansy from Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, the people keep comparing him to to Aaron Donald. He's light, but they both run great. They both have really good movement skills. Uh, I think Jim Schwartz is the kind of coordinator who could make it work even if the guy isn't the prototypical you know, size, weight size for D-Tackler at
0: Scott Petrack joining us. Brownzone.com is where you can read him. Scott, looking at the combine as well, what do you think the Browns, would they look to draft another wide receiver, possibly maybe a burner, something like that, or is this David Bell's job and maybe a veteran coming in as well?
2: Yeah, I well I certainly think they try to add someone with a ton of with speed as kind of the signature quality. Whether that's for agency through a trade or the draft, you know, remains to be seen. Uh the you know, the free agent receiver group is not super deep. I don't think it's top heavy either. You know, you see a guy like McCole Hardman from Kansas City and he fits that, right? He's got the speed that the Browns are looking for, the deep threat, even the horizontal threat. Um you know, but Spotrack, spot Spot rack, I never know how to pronounce that. Spot Rack, Spot rack, you know, hasn't um, estimated at getting ten million dollars a year. I don't know if Andrew Barry's interested in paying Amari Cooper twenty million and then the number two receiver ten million. Um, you know, maybe you do short term, but I don't think it'd be a short term contract. So I think you're looking for maybe a lesser tier free agent or you go get a guy that can run in the draft. You know, is that Tyler Scott from cincinnati is a Flowers um from boston college Is he still there at 42 uh, i, I kind of like the idea of adding a young receiver and then maybe one you know you can add a veteran down the line but he's not a signature guy um that's where i'm leaning but i wouldn't rule out you know them spending on a free agent a receiver
1: scott do you think they would trade a current asset that they have on this team to try to move up in the first round because i don't think there are very many Players that could get them there. I just have one that I probably don't want to talk about, but Denzel Ward would probably. <laughs> I mean, Denzel would be the only guy that I could probably think it might be able to get them, unless I'm wrong.
2: You tell yeah, me. Yeah. Now that's interesting, Andy. I I don't think there's any sentiment from the organization that that's something it wants to do. Okay. Um, is trade or even cut? You know, to save some salary cap space. Um, you know, I, I think John Johnson III was that move. I don't think there's another move coming like that. Um, I just think they're comfortable with the guys that they've signed to long-term deals, including a guy like Denzel Ward, including a guy like Nick Chubb. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, finding the complementary pieces around those guys and then creating the cap space through restructuring of contracts.
1: Um, I don't. You had a little piece on Brian Hoyer being available. What do you think the Browns will do at backup? I don't know that Brian fits yeah. uh, our backup role the way you would want yeah. if something would ever happen to Deshaun, but he's a great leader. We know that. So.
2: Yeah, that's interesting. Um, you know, Brian hasn't played a bunch of football in a while, and you know, I felt bad this year when he was going to, it was going to be his chance, and then he gets the concussion early. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the Packers. Um, yeah, that doesn't feel like a fit to me. Um, you know, I, I don't know, could they bring back Joshua Dobbs and go Watson Dobbs, Kellen Mond? It uh, certainly doesn't feel like Mond is ready. You know, when Andrew Barry, the first kind of criterion he gives for your backup quarterback is, well, we need him to win games if, you know, Deshaun's odds for an extended period of time. You know, Mond hasn't played in the league, right? He's played, I think, he's going three passes. So, um, you know, in an ideal world, it would be Jacoby Brissett. That world's not happening because I think he's going to get a better offer. Um, so I, I guess in my mind, it's, well, is Josh Dobbs the kind of the default or could you get a guy with more experience um, who you could find cheap, though, right? Because that's not a position I don't think the Browns are going to want to spend a bunch of money in.
1: Yeah, the only problem is is it's a position that if you need it, man, you really need it. Yeah. You know, that's the hard part about yeah. going to the dollar store to
2: get a quarterback, you know? Yeah, it, it is. It's a really interesting scenario because, you know, when you had Baker on the rookie contract, um, you, know, you could afford to pay Case Keenum, the you know, decent money. I think it was whatever, six or eight a year, Um, good money for a backup quarterback because, you know, your starter was on the rookie deal. Now with so much money invested in Deshaun Watson, it just feels like it's a place where you kind of have to bite the bullet and go, well, we just hope Deshaun Watson doesn't get hurt because we're in trouble if he is.
0: All right, Scott, I'm I'm asking everybody this this week because this is my primary concern with the Browns roster, and I feel like we are not going to have an answer to it until the start of the the season in twenty twenty three. Deshaun Watson last six games, Rust yeah. or Worry?
2: Um I mean I'm gonna take the easy out. It's both. Um there certainly I would certainly pin most of the issues on Rust. And you can include in Rust new system, new guys around him, you know, mid season change, all that. But to say that he's automatically gonna be the guy he was in twenty twenty, I don't feel comfortable saying that. Um, I lean more optimistic than some people I've talked to, and I think he will return to that player because he's still got the elite um, skill set. But, you know, that's a lot, you know, and I, and I never know how to phrase this. because I say he's dealt with a lot, and, you know, I feel like he brought that upon himself, but that still is a lot to process mentally and emotionally. And will he ever get to the place in his head where he's the same guy he was in 2020 and playing freely. Uh, to me, that's a big question mark because I think, you know, the arm and the legs are still there.
1: Uh, last question for you. Lamar Jackson, probably, I, I got to think, franchise by 4 o'clock tomorrow or transition. What do you think of that? And I, I got to be, as we sit here, it doesn't bother me what the Browns did with Deshaun Watson because it's causing so much aggravation in Baltimore.
2: <laughs> I'm down with it. Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting. I, I mean, I'm assuming he gets a franchise tag, obviously. Can't just let him walk away. So, if the deal's not worked out, Baltimore will, you know, put the franchise tag on him. But then what happens? Are they open to, you know, him negotiating with other teams and then figuring out a trade? Um, Do they put the one franchise on him where he can negotiate with other teams? So, um, you know, for a long time, I would have been stunned if Lamar Jackson played anywhere else but Baltimore in 2023. Now it would be less stunned. I can see a scenario where. It just comes to a head, and he says, I'm not playing here anymore, and they have to you know, they feel like they need to deal him. Uh, but you're 100% right. The Deshaun Watson contract plays into that. And Andrew Barry, you know, he said, I don't think the Watson contract is going to become kind of routine in the league. Uh, and that's probably how teams feel. But if the top quarterbacks feel differently, then you're going to have this issue, you know, year in and year out for the top quarterbacks.
1: Man, if he leaves the AFC North, it could be the best defensive move the front office made all year all in their entire, you know, tenure here.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's an MVP quarterback. But I think the injuries he's had the last few years, people are, you know, kind of questioning Lamar a little bit. Um, he's still, I, I think, tremendous and would be a huge loss if Baltimore let
1: him get away. Scott, outstanding job. I'm glad you're back home. We'll continue reading your stuff at brownzone.com. Thanks, Scott. Thanks,
2: dude. Thanks, guys. You're Thanks,